you can't keep doing life on your own and think that you're going to, to leverage. It's not going to work. You cannot truly scale if you're doing everything yourself. There's just not enough hours in the day. Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of the Unstoppable Woman podcast. And today I'm here with the amazing and wonderful Sarah Hockett, who is my marketing manager. And we are going to be discussing how to hire great team members. So first, let's talk about what team is. So the larger definition of team is anyone who's in your support network. You could go as far as you, you know your parents and your grandparents and your sisters and brothers and your best friend and people that are you know you're ra- rallying for you. However, I tend to think of team as you know people like my mentor and people like my therapist. I don't have a therapist right now, but I have in the past like people who are really supporting conscientiously my growth and my success along with contractors that I hire for my personal life and for my business. So personal life would be people like uh, a housekeeper or personal assistant or personal chef or fitness trainer, someone like that, Uh, a nanny. I don't have kids, but I know many women who do have kids. Really, it's important to get great childcare so that they can show up when they're not with their kids fully focused on their business and their career and what what they're creating in this world. And then within your own business, we're talking about um, contractors and employees who are helping you grow your business and you're helping them grow their life, get get to do amazing things and, uh, you know, have the adventure of learning and growing within the business and developing who they are from that perspective. And obviously they're more than just who they are in the business, but in this context, we're, we're looking at that aspect of team. So Sarah and I have been going through some great team explorations and we thought it would be a great process or, or share, if you will, great podcast to discuss our process, how it's working, the things that we're learning along the way, the things that Sarah's learning along the way, and the our, our, our mindset and our perspective and the tactics that we're using to grow the team here at The Unstoppable Woman. And hopefully by listening into our thought process on this, it will help you grow your own team as well. So with that, welcome, Sarah. Thank you. Always fun to do this with you. Yeah, absolutely. So I think the first place that I want to start is to speak to the the DIY mentality, which is it's easier to do it myself. I can just get it done faster. I know how to do it better than anyone else. I might as well just do it. Just it's faster for me to just do it. And I bet if I was sitting in a room of amazing, unstoppable women everyone would raise their hand to having had that thought cross their mind at least a thousand times at some point in their lives. And so we just have to acknowledge that this is a set point, but it's not a set point for success. It doesn't actually get you to where you want to go, whether you are the the owner, the CEO, the, the empire builder, the entrepreneur, or the person who is like Sarah, a manager 
within the company, it doesn't support growth. And and also it doesn't support growth in your personal life. I always like to connect the dots on the business and the personal because there's so much crossover and the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. And you've got to recognize that. And so if you're cleaning up the dinner dishes and scrubbing the, you know, the bathroom cupboard, you know, to get the cobwebs out of there or whatever it is, and you're bitching and moaning about it, it's time to take personal responsibility and say, Hey, look, I'm stuck in a DIY mentality here. And I either need to hire someone or I need to ask for help from someone who I'm not hiring, like my kid or my, uh, partner. Okay. But you can't keep doing life on your own and think that you're going to, to leverage. It's just not gonna, it's not gonna work. So with that, if you are in the mindset of growth and you want to grow your business from wherever you're at, whether you have zero contractors, zero employees, or whether you're already running a large company, let's talk about how to do it better and how to close the gap on time so you can can get that leverage faster. Um, speaking speaking to um, what you were just saying about you know how if you were in a room with a hundred unstoppable women and we were talking about exactly that, the, I can do it better. I can do it faster. If I just do it myself, um, attitude mentality, can you speak a little bit to how you get out of that mentality and move into uh, a space that allows for more growth and where you're not going to have that growth and drive yourself crazy? Yeah, absolutely. I think we need to look at it from a few different angles. So first I want to bring up the short term versus the long term. Sometimes in the short term, it is faster to do it yourself. It just is. But if you only have short term in your perspective, you're never going to scale because you can't scale a business on your own. There's just, it's impossible. It's not, booyah for bootstrapping, booyah for effort, booyah for like hard work and and putting in the the, the hours, right? You need to do that. However, you cannot, you cannot truly scale if you're doing everything yourself. There's just not enough hours in the day. So that might be a short term solution. And there, there's a time and a place where you just need to do that. But if you, if you are constantly making that short term, uh, decision versus the long term, I need to train someone up so that they can do this, then, and, and thus free me up to do the next thing. You have to have that longer term perspective in, in play. And what traps people is that they are getting a bit of a dopamine hit hit. I'm not a neuroscientist. So if I got that wrong, just forgive me here, but they're getting a, a feel good happiness hit for getting the task done, for getting the thing done quickly. Yay. I got it done, right? So that that can be quite addictive. Plus, then they can be a martyr. Now this is the shadow side and it doesn't it doesn't actually scale, it doesn't work, it doesn't actually feel good, but it is a pattern for people and if if this is happening for you, do not shame or guilt yourself, but acknowledge it because that level of awareness is the first place where you need to work at in order to make a shift, putting yourself in guilt and shame around it doesn't work. But if you're saying, Oh, look at what a martyr I am. I'm working so hard. I'm like, I'm carrying it all on my, my, my back. 
and the world's against me. What is that? Like you're just reinforcing the hard and the struggle. And there is a zeitgeist in our culture that says, if you're not in struggle, you haven't worked hard enough. And yet we don't like that feeling. So it's a big double bind there and it traps you. In order to step out of it, you have to look at the results that you actually want. And that's where most people get stuck in the short term. They, 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 they want a quick fix versus the long term. Well, I would like my, the vision of my life, the vision of my business is I work from here to here every day. Then I knock off and I, um, spend a great dinner with my family and then I do some studying and then I read and then I go to sleep and like you, you're not in constant, uh, doing mode your vision might be totally different. I'm making up a vision, but somebody's vision is, is like something. And then there's the reality, which is I'm working all the time. I'm never getting ahead. I'm doing all the things I'm addicted to doing all the things. And, and I stay trapped in a life where I feel like I'm not good enough. And that is contrary to your vision, which is the result that you do want. And so at that point, you need to look at, and this is the kind of stuff that we go into in a lot more detail at our summits, which is understanding how the subconscious mind works and understanding how you build an identity and a self-image and why you're playing out an old self-image of who you understood yourself to be, but no longer want to be, and yet you keep playing it out. So team is a way that this comes out all the time for, for people. And it's a, it's a big break breakthrough for people when they're able to see this and, and then make, make some shifts. Absolutely. And I think, I think that applies just like we were talking at the very beginning of this conversation to, um, like all levels from like, you know, you as the entrepreneur or the, uh, the CEO of the company to like me when it's time for like, Hey, I can, I, a nice thing about working with you is when it's time for me to say, Hey, I have the following tasks and I, I need to get someone else to take these so that I can do these things over here that I've been wanting to get to. I know that's something I can do. And we do have those short-term solutions. We are doing one right now where you literally just asked me yesterday, what's your transition plan? And I said, well, uh, you know, unfortunately the plan is I'm just going to take this until we can solve the problem. But I said that knowing we were already taking active steps to solve the problem. So I think that's very different than like when you get just stuck in it. Um, and I think that you just need to be mindful. Like when you do take those things that you're already taking the actions to get into the place that you want to be. Yeah, absolutely. So a, th a few things that you pointed out that I want to underscore for our listeners. One, we've created a culture in our company where my team feels comfortable going, saying to me, there's no way in freaking hell that I'm going to be able to get this done in the time period that you've told me. And there, and, and with, with that statement, they all slay. Okay. They, these are not, uh, people who slough it off or just do the minimum they have proven again and again that they go above and beyond. So when they come to me and they say, you know, something's got to give like either the time line needs to give the scope of work needs to give the, or, or we need more staff. Right. And, and this is, uh, this is classic project management. Uh, the three things, money, which would be staff hiring more, more staff, the money, the budget has to increase, the time has to increase, or the, the, the scope of work 
has to be re- reduced, right? The, 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 these three things play with each other. And of course, um, there's, you know, the, the way we do things is we close the gap on time and we figure out solutions and shortcuts. And there are no quote unquote shortcuts, but we figure out better ways of doing things so that we actually find solutions that that aren't necessarily changing one of those three points, but that is, you know, the next level. Fundamentally, those are the three things. So Sarah feels comfortable saying to me, hey, something's got to give here. And we'll have a conversation about, okay, let's evaluate what's on your plate. Is she doing things that she, like, did we have a conversation where I wasn't clear and she's running with something that I don't actually think is a priority, right? And so there's some clarification there. Or are we doing something in a way that, you know, we're just doing it because that's that how we've been doing it for the last six months or a year, and we actually can do it differently, and it doesn't have to be done like that, and there's time saving. So there's a little bit of an evaluation that happens. And then if if I, as the business owner or the manager, depending on where you're at, look at this and say, actually, I don't want to reduce our initiative and there's nothing that can be put to the side and we do need to, to grow. Then I will take a look at the, the budget. And there's a, there's always a push pull on that. You know, larger companies have pro forma and they create budgets for, you know, the next, you know, quarter and then, you know, four quarters and then the next five years and all of that. We are a much more, um, we, we do do some planning in that regard, but we're a much more startup kind of mentality. And there's, you know, you can pretend that you have uh, visibility and that you'll grow in a certain way, but that's just pretend. Okay. If you're not Johnson and Johnson, like there's a certain amount of uncertainty there and you just have to get used to that and still make decisions about, okay, this is my vision. This is where I want to go. Does this get me there? I know I'm going on long here, but I think there's some key points. That vision is super important. I know where I want the company to grow. I have these very clear um, pieces that you know I have been playing with again and again and again. And I shared that some of them with my team. One, for instance, was you know, I've been wanting to hire a videographer, right? For a a long time. And it's been part of my vision, but I've been like, it's not quite right. We need to hire these folks first. And finally it hit like, there were, there was a confluence of events. Uh, How much detail should I go into? Should I share the photo shoot videography story? Yeah. Okay. (laughs) So, uh, I've had in my mind that I want to hire a local videographer to do you know, all our sales and marketing videos, but also our social media and behind the scenes and really capturing what it's like to run a business, like the real life, in real life, behind the scenes. So it's not all, you know, sugarcoated. I try not to sugarcoat anything, but you know, there are things that don't get put on the podcast, for instance. Okay. But that would be really interesting, I think, for people to see behind the scenes. Anyway, so, and, and we have this concept called, you know, this is a little preview. Let's see if it happens, guys. You can come back to me later and tell me, you said blah, 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 blah. But I have this 
idea of doing these sessions called the living room sessions where, yeah, and I'm looking at Sarah right now and she gets all giggly and excited when I say that. because I'm just so excited for you to do that. <laughs> I know. So tell me, tell me why you're excited about that. I know why I'm excited, but why are you excited? What What's engaging about that? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, we, we have the summit and, you know, you, you come to the summit and you get exposed to you and you're in this huge group and, you know, you're feeling awesome and you're excited about all the growth that you're going to make and you go home. And then what? And for a lot of people, once you go home, you're like, oh, that was great. And you're really pumped for like a week. And that's, you know, it's, it starts to fade. You forget what you were working on. You forget what um, you had learned there, even if you were super excited about it. So I think that it's, it's, the, next, it's the next step. It's the place where you go and, and you lock it in further and you have a little bit more personalized connection um, with you, with the learning. And I think when you have that more personalized connection, you lock it in even further. I think that that brings a huge amount of value to everybody in that room. Yeah. Thank you for that. So the other thing that I'm hearing is like, and correct me if I'm hearing, making this up in my own head and hearing it in my own head and not, it's not in your head, but that I think women like that level of intimacy and we like being in small groups of women where we can really connect. And yet most of our girlfriends are not necessarily in business for themselves or have the same growth mindset or really wanting to learn how to execute at the highest level or reach their potential or, or step it up a notch. They're just cruising. They're, they're great for a drink, right? You can go out and have wine with them, chit chat about whatever, but they're not necessarily, um, in this construct your life, create your life perspective. And, and, and they're not necessarily in, in business wanting to, to grow their business. And I think that the, for me, the brilliance behind this idea of the living room sessions is that you get to be with other powerful women who are really stepping into more in this intimate setting and, and you, there's power in that, not just not just in in me. Yes, I facilitate, and yes, I thank you for the compliment. I do come alive in that kind of um, setting. But I think there's something really magical for for women about that that kind of environment. And circling back to the idea of team and the videographer that I wanted, I had this vision. It dropped in divine download the living room sessions. Right. And it was like, it makes my whole body tingle. And, and the concept then was to have those videotaped and not that we would use all of them, you know, the whole session, but that we could pull particularly key pieces out that weren't divulging anything that was confidential or private to an individual, but really could show case this environment so that as a marketing tool and as an education tool, people could learn from the content and, and thus, you know, their life would grow, but also the people who are a match for this kind of coaching would be like, Oh, I want that. That's sexy. That's cool. I want to be a part of that. And, and they would have the, the actual experience of it. Um, because we do learn through, you know, we're visual creatures. So we learn auditorily, right? Like this podcast, I love learning that way, but we also learn through seeing, you know, what we see 
And so having a videographer for that was super important to me. So recently we were discussing all things team and, uh, no, I'm sorry. I'm going to back up. Recently we were discussing the fact that we need new photography, new branding photography for the podcast because we put a new image on pretty much every podcast graphic. And uh, Sarah and Steph, my branding manager, are sick and tired of me saying, no, that's not a good one, or um, not having the right look for the right message, um, having everything be the same 10 outfits. Uh, Anyways, they have a, a big need for updated photography. So we started to organize a, a photo shoot just to get some, some new photos. And then we thought, oh, well, if I'm doing hair and makeup already, why not do videos? We have a bunch of videos that we need to get done and let's get that banged out at the same time. Well, that became a bigger, much bigger project. And we started talking to some great um, contractors who do video but it became clear that to do one day of video with the number of videos that we wanted and the kind of post-production that we wanted, that that was pretty much, you know, 25 to 30% of the salary of someone I could hire. And was that the right thing to do right now? If I could hire someone and they could run all things video for us, then wouldn't that be a better fit? So it, it spurred the desire to get this done, it it put some fire in my belly. And we have, we're now looking for a videographer and we're pretty excited about that. So that's very excited about it. I've had that video list for a while. Yeah. So, and, and so what's your perspective on that process? Because we're jumping all over the place, but that was you know, that was the, the point I want to make around this process is there's a vision that there's an idea that drops in. It's a vision. You start thinking, well, what can you do with this vision? It requires video to share. Oh, we, we, we would need to set up a professional video studio in my living room. That's, that's a next level. I don't have that skill set. I really don't have that skill set. And then I need a videographer. All of that's at play. And then this other thing happens in the life of the business, this photo shoot. Oh my God, Sarah and Steph and me, we need all these videos done. And it begs the question, well, if, is, is this the right time to take the next step? And it, it's like, if you can connect those dots for yourself and you keep moving forward and you solve that problem, by then hiring, that's a great synergistic play. Now we also had to talk about budget and different things and timing and all of that. So, okay. That's my perspective. What's your perspective? Yeah. I mean, as we were talking about that, we may, I think we have such a good process for when we are deciding who we need next and if it's the right time. And I mean, with this one, for example, you know, like you said, we had some of the circumstances of like, oh, well, while well, I, well, I already look freaking fabulous, why don't I just knock out this list of videos that we've been wanting for a while? And, you know, as we talked with them, it, it wasn't quite the right fit. And then we just, we got talking after that with like, well, if we hired a videographer, like what else would they do? Um, and as we started going through that list, it started making more and more sense. You know, we talked about like they could go to the live events when live events are a thing again. Yay. <laughs> um, they could do the live stream when we're doing virtual. 
do live stream for our virtual, which would be just absolutely freaking fantastic to have that person who's on staff in the room with you. Um, you know, we talked about the behind the scenes stuff, which I've been wanting to do more and more of since I started, which would make me very excited. And, you know, as we, uh, as we talked through that, it started to re- really look like it was something that made sense. Um, and yeah, so from my perspective, I, I like how we process, like how our process for that works and how we decide, you know, when, if, how, who makes sense for, um, new roles. Absolutely. And then from that place, we move very quickly. So it, it's not a two month, like once we're decided, like once I, I've got to be in my bonnet, I'm like, let's go. So then uh, I asked Sarah to put together a job description and actually I asked Sarah and Wendy to, to figure out what it is that we were looking for. Cause Wendy on my team knows quite a bit about video and uh, photography And so the two of them put together the first draft of the job description and we do everything Google Docs so that we can edit together, co-partner on the the projects. And then Sarah and I went through in more detail, you know, what about this? What about this? What about this? And and fine-tuned the the job description, talked about where we were going to post it. And within two days, three days, we had that posted. Two days. two days. We two had days. that up in two days. Yeah. So, you know, we're still in progress with that, but that is, that is our flow. Now, other times we work with recruiting companies. That's, that's a new thing for, for us. And so far so good. That's been really working when there's a high level person that, that, um, is super required, like for particular positions, I would say a recruiting firm makes sense, but you have to look at the overall um, cost benefit analysis because they are going to um, charge, you know, the, a fee for what they do. But if it's, if they shorten the cycle on you finding great candidates and bring you great candidates, um, it's certainly working with a headhunter makes perfect sense. Um, so we've done that as well. Um, do you want to start talking about our interview process and how we've gone about that? Yeah. Uh, since we, like, I think it's really interesting that recently we, um, had someone tell us that our interview process was probably the most thorough that she's ever been through. Um, and I mean, obviously the reason that we do that is to make sure that we're getting the best people that, um, are living and working to our standards of excellence. So we always, we start with, you know, just obviously the, the obvious parts where you look at the resume and, you know, you see how someone looks on paper, um, and then we go from there and, and when we talk with them and we get a, a sense of their personality and sometimes like we'll, we'll, to speak with an actual example, we'll talk about, um, most recently how we've been working with the recruiting company. Um, I think we did a great job of putting a good process in place there, like needed a little tweaking as we went, but, um, I, I think that ultimately that's working well so far. And I think that that ultimately is going to help us yeah. find the right person. So I think the first step there, let's pause with that. So the first step was. I talk to a recruiting company. I get a good vibe. I go through the the evaluation process, decide to work with them. Then they need a job description. They need not just the verbal, like, this is what we're looking for. So uh, we, we put that together and that's a team effort. We put that together. We sh- I share it with my entire management team, even if that role isn't specifically under them because, uh, well, 
not always, but but for this particular role that we're talking about, it was going to affect multiple departments and people. So I wanted a lot of input on that. And then we shared that with the the recruiting company who then asked us some questions about it and and then brought us the first round of candidates. So this is a little bit different than if we were doing it in-house, but you, we can make the translation here. So with the first round of candidates, um, we then had a conference call and they went through what their impression was of the candidates having done a first level interview with them. So if you want to translate that to not working with the recruiting company, that would be Sarah interviewing the people on Upwork, like briefed, 10 minute conversation just to see if they're, um, you know, basic high level stuff. Right. Okay. And when I said Upwork, that's just the, the, the one example, one example, it could be indeed, it could be whatever, but we actually, just as a note, we we've had really good luck recently with Upwork.com. So check that out if you're looking for, for hires. Yeah. Yeah. We've gotten some really wonderful people through Upwork. Um, So in that same specific example, from there, we decided to have um, myself and Steph on our team do the next interviews um, with with those people for the particular position from the few that they had selected originally that they thought would be a good fit. Um, And we just did short 30-minute interviews. We had set questions that we asked the same questions for every person. Um, We allowed them to ask us questions. We can get a little bit more idea of how their brain works. and I think that that works really well, especially when it's the two of us, Steph and myself, because Steph's been around a little longer. So she has um, a little more idea of the company culture um, probably than I do. But at the same time, you want to say something? I was just going to say, I'm going to let you finish because it's a, it's a little bit of a tangent. You finish. <laughs> That's so good. So, but uh, at the same time, uh, I think that Steph and I both have a little bit different perspective. So it's good to have both of us on that original gateway call. Absolutely. Cause it also validates if, if, if you're not feeling someone, is it just you kind of thing? So, right. so one of the really great things that I, I like about the process that we're using is that you're doing those interviews via zoom. And so they are video conference interviews not, it's not always necessary. You could do a phone interview first, but a video conference interview, you can pick up on body language and how, how people are responding to questions and it allows me. So they spoke to three people. One person was, didn't get scheduled. I don't remember why we didn't go with the fourth person, but, um, one person, both of you were like, "Eh, doesn't work. Um, and, and you were both very clear about that. And you gave me the reasons why, and it made perfect sense. And I'm, if as a, as the leader, right, as the CEO, I can't delegate this to you and then undermine your ability to make those kinds of decisions. So if Sarah and Steph are both like, she's a no, well, she's a no, like there's not, I don't care what she looks like on paper and on resume. Cause she looked great. And I don't care what the recruiters said about her. If Sarah and Steph don't like her, she, she like it's a non-starter for me, okay? Because I cannot delegate this and give that to someone and then undermine, you know, question everything they do. That that doesn't make any sense from an ability to scale. Um, Which that right there is important, not just in hiring but in anything. Like being able to trust people that you've entrusted with whatever process or project they're working on. 
um, that's incredibly important to just be able to have that trust. Absolutely. And I did, we did have a conversation, like, tell me why. Absolutely. But it all made sense. So then the, the second piece in this, in doing the zoom, which I really liked was you had two top candidates. You liked them both. You gave me feedback on both. And I was then able to go listen back to the interviews and on my own time, whenever I wanted to not be on that interview and decide whether they were, whether we wanted to continue with them, right? Like I did a very high level look at that and that was useful. So I had a sense of who these people were and, and I wouldn't have done that if your response to either one of them had been mediocre. Like I only listened at that point because these were two strong candidates. And then we gave those two strong candidates a assessment and there are different assessments that you can give people if you're interested in those, you know, you could Google or whatever. I I have a, a, a set that I like. And, um, when we got the assessments back, it became clear that as great as these people were in the interview process in their, on their resume, they didn't actually have the, I don't want to say character traits, but the, the whole package didn't lead to this job position. It wasn't the right, um, combination of character and perspective and motivation style and introvert extrovert style. There's all these things that it tested and it just, it wasn't the right thing for this position. It didn't make them bad people, but they didn't, they weren't a good fit. And so that was a little, a little sad. We were all very excited. Um, but I'm unwilling to compromise from that perspective, it doesn't, it, it's a short-term compromise versus long-term solution. So we went back to the headhunter and said, sorry, no go. And please bring us more. Yeah. Do you want to take it from here? Yeah. I mean, and that, that's kind of where we are with that particular position where we're at right now um, is where we're waiting for the next candidates, which I hope will be soon. <laughs> um, but do you, do you want to talk about what happened with the other? Okay. So, um, one of those candidates, while they were not the best fit for the position that we were hunting for, uh, she, I, I had, I've had this idea of a a particular role that I kind of wanted to fill in house for quite a while anyway. So once we discovered that she wasn't the best fit for the role that we originally interviewed her for, um, you know, I, I talked to you and, and I said, like, I, I think she'd be perfect for this role. Like, here's what I would have her be doing. So let's pause right there, Sarah. Okay. Yeah. This role. Okay. Let's just share with the world our pain point. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we run Facebook ads. We spend, I mean, a ton of money for a company our size, not a ton of money for, you know, Richard Branson, but you know, it's a significant investment every month. And we, you know, part of that is my own noise around it or whatever, who knows what. But for a long time, Sarah and I have talked about hiring a Facebook ads person in house. And we've been trying to figure out how would we, we, how would we go about this? Because it's not a full-time position, right? We want someone who has ownership and full-time perspective on it, but it's not a full-time position. And we've hired great contractors over the years. I mean, Sarah's only met the last 
person who's done it, who's been a great contractor. But the challenge with contractors is that they have to have enough clients, enough different clients to have a business be successful. And that inevitably means that they're going to put things to an extent on autopilot in check-in, but not at the same level as if their one salary job depended on it. And there's just also the, the issue of context switching. So with whenever you go from one business to another, you're the contractor running different ad sets, you have to change your whole thought process about what the goals are and what we're doing. And, and there, that makes it more challenging. So I feel for Facebook ad contractors, I don't think any of them have mal intent, but it's been um, challenging for us to figure this out because every time I get on a call with them and you too, Sarah, it's like we have a thousand and one questions because we want this to succeed from a like ownership perspective. And, and there's just not enough bandwidth for a contractor to be able to give us the level of service that we want. And that was an ownership perspective, personal responsibility perspective. Hey, I can't ask this of this person or this company. That's not, despite how it's set up, that's not how it's going to work. Like I've just seen it too many times. It's not the contractor. It's the, the kind of um, job that it is. So let's hire someone in house. And we actually started that process. We, we put a job posting out three months ago, four months ago, and then we pulled it down. I can't remember why we didn't go after that. Uh, we The first time we were thinking about hiring for that position was right before our virtual summit. And we decided together that we probably needed to find someone very quickly who was already familiar with us. So we went to the contractor who has been fabulous, was, yeah. has been absolutely fabulous. And she hit the ground running. And that was exactly what we needed in that moment. Perfect. I forgot about that. That was a great decision. Okay. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, why didn't we do this a long time ago? But I forgot. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Second brain. Thank you. Um, and, and so, okay. So that's the setup for you, Sarah. Like we had been talking about this and then, okay, you take it from here. So we've been talking about that, but while it's, um, labor intensive, cause that it requires a lot of, uh, attention to detail and constant monitoring and being able to understand our voice and our content and, uh, making adjustments as necessary daily, or sometimes even more than daily, uh, it still wasn't a full-time job. So um, we started looking at some of the other things that we had, and we definitely, we had a pain point in another area, which uh, helps add some additional hours into that person. Um, but it took, a, I think the hesitation that we had with combining those things before is it takes a very versatile person. Uh, and that's not always an easy person to find. Uh, we put a couple other pieces in there too that were wish list pieces that I think are going to be incredible once you know we have this position filled. Let's be uh, specific there, Sarah, because your point is really important. So the Facebook ads person needs to be both creative; they need to be able to write copy and figure out the graphics and all of that, and be analytical, look at the numbers, test and tweak all of that. And then this other, so, but but it needs a strong analytical side. And then this other position was something else. What, how would you have described that? 
the other position, like I'll just flat out tell you what it is. That's uh, assisting with the end bits of the podcast. So I usually go and I do our initial edits and things like that. But then with my bandwidth, I need to hand the rest of that process off. So that's, you know, creating the videos and uploading those to our site, to uh, YouTube. Um, and that requires a lot of attention to detail and creativity. And uh, so it, I, I think that having it's a balance again of, of being able to pay attention to what you're doing. There needs to be some analytical side or um, maybe not analytical is the right word, but technical side, because you need to be able to run the softwares and things like that. And some of them are a little bit complicated. Um, so again, it's, it's two very different jobs, but um, with the right person, I think that works. So we met this person for a completely different job. And once we met her and she wasn't the right fit for that job, uh, it became an easy, like she's incredibly versatile and I'd like to talk with her about this combination role that would solve some pain points for us. But it wasn't, those two things were still not enough for a full-time position. Correct. So, So you had to get creative about like, okay, well, it could be this also and this also and this also. So we then, we, we did have to, I'm putting it out of order because we didn't actually write the job description for this new role until we had gone through more of the interview process. But we have now because we want to be one of the reasons we spend so much time on the job description is that that then goes into their employee contract. And it's something that we can refer back to if there's ever I don't imagine that happening with this hire. But if there's ever a. Uh, discussion about like what my, my role and responsibility is right now. It's, it's documented and it's very clear. So we, we put some upfront time in there so that we have this great reference point. So you had to really think, uh, you know, we had conversations about that. If we do this, how do we make this a full-time position and how do we, you know, she, quite frankly, you know, this might not be the most logical thing. She fell in love with this person. Okay. She thought she was, that's meow. And (laughs) And so, so then the conversation was what, what are she's, if she's good at all these places, what else in her personality and skill set would, can we leverage that we need? And that was a little bit of, you know, find, finding more stuff for this role. It's not how I actually love to do, do uh, job requirements, but I, but we, we agreed that this person had so much going from a culture mindset, uh, optimism, go-getter attitude. We wanted to figure out a way to, to, to make this work if you will. So, but that did not stop us from taking the next step, which was a bunch of freaking testing. Oh wait, no, you had a, you had a whole conversation with her first. So start there. So after we found some other pieces and, and I want to be fair, we didn't just like, Oh, we could do this. We could do this. The next piece that I put on, there was actually something that we've been trying to find a person to help with off and on probably for the last several months. Um, And it's something that will make me very happy, which again, just full disclosure, what that actually is. The last piece was um, helping with social media posting, sometimes helping with um, helping us increase our engagement. So making sure that we're interacting on social, like the social side of social media um, and helping with us with some of our community management duties. So all of those things combined finally make a full-time job for a very versatile person since those are different tasks. Uh, which, and I want to be fair, like I did fall in love with her, but 
one of the things that I fell in love with was the fact that she's very versatile, which is something that for us is, is incredible. I think that everybody on our team is pretty versatile. So that's a really good culture fit. So anyway, um, I did go and have an interview with her by myself. Uh, she and I spoke for quite a while, um, using some of the results we had from the test, like personality fits and things like that for us being remote and what she really needs and what kind of management styles work for her and, um, what kind of things light her up, what she feels is her brilliance, all of those things we discussed. Um, and then I was still feeling pretty good about her. So we proceeded to create a test that was very specific to the job so that we could get a better idea of how she thinks, both with analytical side of things and with uh, creative side of things, as well as um, how she follows directions, how she carries things out creatively, how she problem solves. Uh, and we put that together and she passed with flying colors. So and let's pause right there, Sarah, because I think it would be super helpful for people. They, they, most people don't know what you mean by putting together a test or or maybe they do, but it would be helpful to understand. There were like four or five things that you asked her to do. And this is a, this is a process that we've asked many hires to do. I, I can't say every single hire, but it is part of our process is to 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 give people some very specific things to their their the job position and see how well they do and how they follow instructions. And by the by, we developed this not because we're perfect out out of the box, but because we I had I don't I think it may have been before you I had some experiences of of hiring people thinking that based on their resume and skill set based on my feel good in the interview versus more of an analytical assessment of it, um, that they would be able to do the, the work. And that is why we now do assessments and why we also give them specific tasks that relate to the job, because we actually want to see how, what their thought process is and how they do things. Okay. So what were those tests? Before I tell you what that test was, I'm going to also tell you that, uh, as you remember, I actually had another person I was speaking with for the same type of role. Um, and I had spoke with, spoken with her and I sent the test to the both of them at the same time, actually. And the other person weeded themselves out because they couldn't complete the test. So it does work <laughs> is what you're saying. It does it. Yeah. It does the job that it was there to do. So, so that's very interesting because lovely. that's very interesting, Sarah, because you were gung ho about this other person before you met person number two. Okay. You were like, she's great. I think she, I, you were excited. You Skyped me. You're like, I'm like, okay, move forward with the, the process. And she didn't pass the test, which is fascinating. I didn't know that piece of information, but thank you for sharing it. Yeah. So I, again, that's why we do it. So um, she interviewed very well and was very eloquent and she had a great portfolio, but when it came to the test that we had given her, she couldn't complete it. Um, so, um, and you never know if they can't complete it because they don't have urgency and motivation or because this, it's a skill set thing or communication thing. It doesn't matter. You guys, it doesn't actually matter. It's like, this is, this is one of the places where it is binary. Okay. Yeah. And, and we have gotten like, it's amazing the kinds of great feedback that we get through the tests and, and well, it's all great feedback. Even when they can't do it, it's great feedback because that's just saved us a huge amount of time. But okay, please go on. Right. Well, and I will tell you, she actually communicated with me why she couldn't complete the test. 
And reading between the lines, uh, it was that she wasn't following instructions. So um, the questions that she were a- that she was asking that were preventing her from pre- from completing the test, all the answers were already there, but she didn't follow instructions. So, and that right would right like <laughs> there was like. I need someone who can follow instructions. I right. cannot be handholding or micromanaging or any of that. And, and so great, great job. Okay. Yeah. Especially with us being a remote team, being able to be resourceful and follow instructions and be independent are incredibly important. So anyway, what was on the test? Let's talk about that. Um, since it's a very versatile role, it's a very versatile test. So uh, we had things like Here's uh, a little audio clip. Um, what I want you to do with this audio clip is create a Facebook post, go to our page to get a little bit of an idea of what our voice looks like already, create a Facebook post, create a graphic, create an audiogram based on this chunk of audio. So that's the first part. And it had instructions with it. So again, that lets me know whether they're creative, whether they can follow instructions, um, and a little bit of a, an idea of how their process works because I can see like, what kind of graphic they made, what kind of copy they created, and all of that. So some of the other questions were a little more complicated. If you could download the following project file from Adobe Premiere Pro and um, create a project that looks like this, swap the titles out for this title, this title, this title. Okay. Um, one of the other questions was like, uh, here's a video instruction on how to create this type of audio wave video. Um, one of the other questions was, I want you to go to LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook and find two profiles on each one of those platforms that we could interact with as a company. Tell me why you think they're the right fit and tell me um, how you think we could best interact with them. But And I do want to tell you, Right here, this is one of the areas where this this person that we pursued uh, really excelled because instead of just writing a couple of accounts, which is really what I asked for, she made me an entire presentation <laughs> in Google Slides that had pictures from their accounts and very detailed accounts of why she would interact with them and how she would interact with them. Um, so she went above and beyond. Absolutely. The same thing actually happened with a couple of the video projects. She's like, I don't have this software. How do I make this work? Could I do it this way? And I said, yeah, let me see what you got. And she still followed the instructions and made it look like something that was very similar, which was impressive because basically she was following instructions, but instructions that were not for the same software. So great job making it work. (laughs) So without getting into like, you gave a lot of great examples there. Every job position is going to have different. Right tests. These are very technical tests in this situation. Um, well, technical and, uh, graphic image. And you gave her a Facebook ads test as well, which I did. You, you mentioned, but, but Sarah spends some time developing these tests. How long do you think it, it took you to develop those tests? Um, I mean, most of the things that I'm hiring for are things that I have done before I've passed them off. So, I can pretty quickly say like, okay, I need to be able to test for this, 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 and this. And if they can't pass those things, they're not the right fit. So it probably only takes me maybe 30 minutes to develop one of those tests. Okay. So not that long. And then it goes into our standard operating procedure for this job position, which is now a job position, right? As opposed to just an idea or a vision or or a want. 
And hopefully the company, well, of course the company grows, but hopefully this person grows out of this job and becomes some takes on a new role in the company. And then we have this position well-defined and, you know, at that point we'll probably tweak it a little bit based on our experience and knowledge, but we have a lot of this already set up. So at that point, Sarah's thrilled. She's giddy. She's pinging me on Skype. She's very excited. It's time for you to talk with her. So we have a conversation, um, about pros and cons and all sorts of things. And then, um, I have a conversation with the person as a final interview and my questions, you know, that was a lengthy interview and, you know, it's a, both I'm wanting to understand about her, who she is. I want her to know who I am. It's setting a tone for the company. There's all sorts of reasons to have that interview. Um, we get references. We ask for, this is a new thing that we're, uh, the, the, this particular ask for references is, is a new addition to our process, which is to ask for two references of previous uh, employers. So your, your boss at that job, two references from coworkers at different jobs could be at the same job, but two coworkers. So people who were at the same level as, as you, not someone you reported to, or that reported to you. And then two personal references, and that can be anyone outside of the work, work world. And then we have some pretty standard questions that we ask those folks that are open-ended that allow us to glean information, more information about the person. Um, oh, I forgot one step here. I recorded as well. We did the, the, the interview with her, uh, via zoom. I recorded that. I give that to Sarah because Sarah's going to be managing her. And I want, I'm like, I want you to listen to how she answered some of these questions. Uh, how did you, have you listened to that already? I did. Yeah. I listened to it yesterday. And was that helpful for you to understand? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Right. Because it gives you an, you're outside of the conversation. You're not the one who's trying to smile and connect and all of that. You're just listening and paying attention to how someone reacts and where they're excited, where they're motivated, where they go a little bit, they lose their confidence. Like, and that's all super, super information for management. Cause not everyone thrives on the same, uh, set of, of, uh, energies or conversations or whatever, uh, you know, inputs, I should say just general inputs. So, uh, so then what happened? I lost track. So you listened to that references, references, you called her references. Yeah. You want to talk about that process? Yeah. So, uh, you actually had a great list of some questions that we could ask her references, which was really helpful as a good jump off point. Um, and I spoke with her references and they had wonderful things to say about her. And they also had really helpful things to say about her. Um, I talked with a former boss and I spoke with a former coworker. Uh, and a lot of the things that they pointed out were things that we gleaned already, um, based on her original assessment that gave us a little bit more of her, um, you know, personality and characteristics, uh, and, but also just with us talking with her, she's a very self-aware person for the most part anyway. So a lot of the things that her references told us as far as like management style that works for her or, um, things that we might want to be aware of, like 
you know, whatever, but, um, yeah, very helpful. Right. So, and, and, uh, some of those questions allow someone to answer in a way that would share with you, the listener run, don't walk. Right. So, um, you want to, you want to be asking questions that get open that door. Um, and a lot of, a lot of people are afraid to say things because there's all sorts of legal HR things about, and I don't even know them, but I know that they exist that you can't, you know, you don't want to stop someone from getting a job, blah, 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 blah. But if, if asked in a particular way, it opens the door for, uh, some nuance there that allows you, the listener to read between the lines. And that's, that's what you need to be doing on those reference calls. Definitely. And it's important that it's not just a, I'm just listening for what I want to hear. It's like, I'm listening for between the lines. Like, what is this person really, really saying? So, uh, and then from there, we ultimately, oh, oh, in, in my interview, I, I talk compensation as well. So at that point, um, it's, it's important to have that clarity and make sure that, that the compensation package works for them, all of that. And then at that, the next juncture is to offer them the job they accept. You, we, we have an employment contract that we update it. We put our job description in, uh, and we send that out along with an NDA, along with an NDA. Thank you. And we, and then there's a whole onboarding process. I don't think we need to get involved in that, but I don't think so, but we do have a lovely onboarding process and Wendy on our team has got that down to a T. <laughs> yeah, she's great. She's great. Um, the other thing that I want to say about the job description is that we do put our company values in there along with our diversity, equality, and inclusion statement. And th- I think that flushes that we, we, we talk about what the company is um, and, and we talk about our company values and our DEI statement. I think all of that fleshes out some of the softer side and the culture of the company. For me, it's important. Like, I don't want people who, um, how do I say it? Are in our scarcity fear driven. Um, and there's a way where I read job descriptions, job postings out there and they're so freaking dry and they're like, like I can feel how painful that position is. Like it just feels so constraining and trapped. And I think that our description of our company, what we stand for on the one hand is very serious and, you know, there's gravitas to it. It doesn't, it doesn't put us in a flippant or frivolous way, you know, it light, but it does express our culture and that we're here to have a damn good time as we grow the business. And I think that is part of attracting the right team members and building the culture of your company, because the culture, the culture really starts with the CEO, right? The, the founder, the, the leader. And, and if you don't hire people that are in alignment with how you want to do business, if you only hire people based on skill set, for instance, you will create a, a company that you don't want to participate in, that you don't like being in. Okay. And so the and more here is you can find people with amazing skill sets and have great culture value connections. 
Um, so that's really important. And then our company values are super important because then people have an understanding of it. It goes in our job description. It goes in the employee contract. If in the future at some point there's something that they're not doing well and they've been coached on or, you know, there's been good, good communication on, then we have to go back and we have to have a more of an HR conversation. And we point to, we haven't had to do this yet. This is just a protocol that we're, we've created. We, we can then po- point to the company values that say, you know, results driven. Sorry. Didn't do that. Right. Excellence with speed and agility. Okay. Like, and, and to have the conversation within the framework of the values is the first place to, to, to start. And how can we help you with this? What do you need help around this? Do you not understand something? Is there something that's missing? These are our company values. These are our standards. We are not deviating from these standards, but if there's something that we've missed, please let us know. That's like the second level, you know, the first level conversation is, Hey, I need you to do it like this. Right. Or, you know, watch out for that. But then if it, if it escalates, that's the first level conversation. And then you can point to it and say, you know, you're not in alignment with the company values. And this is, this was our agreement and it's in the employee contract. And so thoughts on that. I know you have that conversation coming up or did you already oh, have that? Happened. Conversation? It's <laughs> I already have it. <laughs> so Sarah just had to have that conversation with someone. Um, how'd that go by the way? Good. Um, you know, but the conversation went a, a lot like that. Like, you know, it's just, uh, your attention to detail doesn't, um, align with our standards of excellence and, you know, that just doesn't work for us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it's important to have that outlined in the beginning so that it's super clear. I think it, I think this is a point of personal responsibility from the, from the manager's perspective, but also from the company's perspective like, is everything clear from the get-go? Right. And if it is and someone isn't meeting that standard and you've done your job to communicate that, then it's much easier to let someone go. You don't have to make them wrong or bad or, or have a hissy fit. It's just like, actually, this isn't working. This is why it's not working. Thank you for your efforts. And um, that'll be that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Anything else that you want to add here in terms of our hiring process? I don't think so. Yeah. I think that was a really solid amount of information. There's probably a lot of more nuance and details um, involved in this, but I hope that gets everyone started and, and with some good insights on how to hire. Okay. With that, let's call it a wrap. Thank you so much for joining us and for being a part of the Unstoppable Woman movement. I want to let you know that we've got a ton of free resources for you for scaling your business at theunstoppablewoman.com slash free stuff. Please go ahead and check those out. And we'd also love your help in getting the message out. Share this podcast with all the unstoppable women in your life, your friends, your colleagues, your business besties. Please do that. And if you're game, we'd super duper duper appreciate a review on iTunes as well. Thanks so much and be unstoppable.